on this week's episode of the podcast, Drew is serving me up something of a little mystery. Syncopation. As appearances can sometimes be deceiving. Deception. Buckle up, this is Deadbolt Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy dose of stupidity. And that stupidity has a new home these days in its Blue Wire podcasting network. Mm, like that cousin that nobody really likes, but you but, just. But you know to, you have to bring them in yeah. because they're a part of the family still. Yeah, and you still love them. Yeah. But yeah. Just, it's yeah. A, it's definitely like, oh, this is a familial. Like, I would theoretically possibly even die for this person, but. Do I really want to talk to them? Probably uh, not. Maybe no. not. Maybe I don't want to do that. We love all of our cousins. We if, love all if of our you're cousins. You're listening to this. We do, by we the do way. love all of our cousins. None of <laughs> none of our cousins are this weird cousin that we are talking about. No. This is purely a hypothetical. Just from what I hear from other people and their cousins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have got a big extended family, but our extended family is super tight. Yeah. We even dope. have tattoos on mom's side of the family. Yes. Cousin we tattoos. Are, we are inked. We are inked up. We are not only intertwined by blood, but also ink and needles and the 100 ish dollars that it took to get those tattoos for each of us yeah yeah definitely a ripoff classic hey it's for life i'm everybody's least favorite athletic writer adam whitaker snavely joined as always by my real life brother drew snavely and the world is a cold and very dark place you know what is also a cold and very dark place manchester norway Oh, the Norway. birthplace of Erling Holland, the oh. president of Dortmund. Oh man, that was yeah. uh, whoo, whoo! Got to fan myself. That was a hot second half. That was that was tough to watch for uh, any team linked to which was every team, <laughs> which was every team because this kid's the truth. Believe it or not, he is uh, scoring a hat trick. In less than 45 minutes. Yeah, it was like thirty a 30-minute hat trick to yeah. win the game. Subbing on and scoring a hat trick. Mm-hmm. I mean, And not in like a game that Dortmund were like cruising. They were losing. Yeah. <laughs> they were losing when they brought him. They were down 2-0 at one point. Yes. And they came back. They won the game 5-3. Yeah. They were down 2-0, and then they were down 3-1. And then... And then uh, 5-3 happened. What's up? Holland. Holland. <laughs> Classic. Nice Adam. Oh, High man. five myself. Well, I'm glad that your week for your favorite soccer team went so well because mine couldn't have gone any worse. <laughs> Yours was possibly the worst on memory. <laughs> I honestly was kind of hoping that it would just be a, a complete obliteration and that the board would have no choice but to fire Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. and... Bring in, uh, I don't know, uh, Mauricio Pochettino. I don't know. Do you? Oh, I don't know. I don't have, I haven't thought this through completely. I haven't really already. thought about it, but yeah, I, I guess he would be a, a, an okay fit. Uh, by the way, my friend Hubbard, uh, Arsenal fan Hubbard, yes, yes. sends his regards. Hub Far. Yeah, Hub, Hubbard Far. <laughs> Hubbard Far. Classic. Uh, yes. We are, I mean, well, Arsenal and United are. Frenemies. Yeah, they're kind of in the same boat. This, yes this go around although arsenal still have that hope that mikel arteta will figure it out 
there's the hope there. I was going to say, they, they still have the, their, the new manager shine. Their roster glow. is a mess that yeah. they need to fix. But they need a little help yeah. in the defensive areas. Yeah. Signing yes. David Luiz to shore things up defensively is... We said we said this literally when it happened. We're kind like, of like, you need a steady defensive presence. Why are you signing David Luiz? Yeah, it's kind of like putting paper mache in, like to cover a hole in the bottom of a boat. Yeah, like it's not going to work. Yes, but like fishing with dynamite kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's catastrophic I, failure. Yeah, <laughs> it's very. But when true. it works, it destroys ecosystems. It destroys ecosystems. Oh gosh! Oh man, it's been a week. It's been a very up and down week for us, as you can tell, with our respective club teams. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for a story. And Drew, you have kind of made this a little mystery for me. Ooh, spooky! I just didn't want to give it all away. Okay, from the bat. Um, usually, usually how we record these things is we record them in order, and then when I say, "Hey, Drew," if Drew is telling the story, "Hey, Drew, give me something so I can just record the intro real quick," a little snippet that comes on before our music besides which that slaps slaps so hard as we have been told on several occasions and we agree yes drew give me something so i can record this intro and today he's like appearances are not always what they seem to be yes you are so eloquent yes um some tell me that i have the tongue of a poet Mm -hmm. made of silver and gold yes Weaving your tails. Yes. Like the Witcher. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You're reaching, but hey. Toss a coin to your snavely. I think we should probably just get into the story. Oh, podcast of plenty. <laughs> oh, God. Drew, tell me a story. <laughs> right. So it's been a little while, but we're back in South America where some of our most cherished and favorite stories reside in. Love a good South American story. Uh, the last time we were there was the Brazilian Kaiser. We, yeah, we were there for... Car- we're, how, how many South American ones have we done at this the, point? We've done Kaiser. So we've done... Um, Bambinera. Uh, the, battle. The, yeah, the blood, battle. Blood in the Bambinera. Yeah, uh, yeah. CC. Yeah. A couple Brazil ones. Yeah. We did uh, the Cats under the stadium. Crossing oh, Club in yeah. the end of the end That day. one was crazy. So that was... Curacao is like close enough to yeah, South but it's America. not South America. No, no, it's totally different. Thing. That's that's Concacaf, baby. It's Caribbean, Concaf baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our region. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we, we've yeah, we've yeah. traversed. Yeah, we've yeah, traversed yeah. South America. We've been all over the world. Yeah, but we're back in our homeland, specifically our mother's homeland. Our mother's homeland. <laughs> and Name with that. all things South American sports. Soccer related, right? Things can get a little wild and crazy. They do have a tendency. There are certain areas around the globe that it just seems that it gets a little crazier. South America, usually one of those places. One of those places. South America, Eastern Europe, really those two places are the places that like it has the chance to get scary. Yeah, very quickly. Like a uh, like a bomb being thrown at your bus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not fun. No. Not fun things. No, not fun at all. So anyway, uh, there was a World Cup set to be played in 1990, hosted by Italy. Uh, usually, the World Cups are played. As you and I know, yes. and hopefully our listeners mm-hmm. know this, you qualify for the World Cup. <laughs> 
through, you do. You through your do. respective federations. And as I'm sure many of our listeners are aware, uh, 1990 was one of the World Cups where the United States finished dead last. Mm. Hey, at least we made it. Pretty sure. At least we made it. It was our first time in like 50 years. You want to know who didn't years? qualify for the 1990 World Cup? Mexico. Mexico, baby. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because they were like banned yeah, yeah probably yeah they were banned. no it was it was oh, they were they were oh. banned from qualifying for something oh. i forget what oh well that kind of takes away but from they the... still didn't make it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i as we know all federations aren't created equal really right uh, europe and south america have very competitive Group plays. I mean, all all group plays competitive, but South America and Europe have the best teams. Yeah, the in titans the world. of the world. Yeah, are exactly. The traditional powerhouses are Europe and South America. And then you have like other federations where you'd expect <laughs> these other people. You have teams like Mexico and you, the United States men's national team, that Sometimes, qualify for if, if every qualify, World Cup if they qualify. <laughs> because Concacaf is the easiest way to get there. Yes. Well, Oceania. Oh wait, but you have to beat Trinidad Tobago to. Oof! Ow! Owie! Owie! We'll be going over shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes aside, for the 1990 World Cup, Conmebol, 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 Conmebol. That's the federation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that it's... last one was not even close. Conmebol. 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 The South American Federation had three point. Five qualifying spots. Since Argentina had won the 1986 World Cup, they qualified for they get the next one automatically. Right. So really, there were only two and a half spots between the rest of the South American countries. Gotcha. To qualify, you had to win your group. So the group winner with the worst record compared to the other group winners would be it. In a playoff against a team from Oceania. Yes. Or, how it usually goes. Or yes. some other place. Yeah. CONCACAF usually has a half spot like that. Yeah. So for this year, it's it's Oceania. Gotcha. So the groups are drawn, and the first group was Uruguay, Bolivia, and Peru. The second was Colombia, Paraguay, and Ecuador. And the last was Brazil, Chile, and Venezuela. That last group's kind of spicy. The last group is spicy, and... Is that where we're going? It is where we're headed. Ooh, um, I guess correctly. You did, you did guess correctly. <laughs> um, obviously, we love talking about Brazil. We do love talking we about don't, Brazil. We don't really need to say why. You guys should know by now. Uh, I've but, already said it once in this podcast. <laughs> we've already, literally already, already <laughs> said it one. once in the podcast. Um, Some might say we talk too much about it. <laughs> this group was shrouded in... A little bit of a lot of controversy. Ooh, some controversy. <laughs> we love that stuff here. <laughs> we love we love a good controversy. <laughs> so in group three, the two teams with a real shot were Brazil and Chile. Right. Um, Venezuela was a. I mean, they're a, an okay side. They're a not bad team, but they almost never make the World Cup because there are so many good teams in South America. Yes, and it's just. So hard. Absolutely. Brazil were definitely the favorites. They were led by Dunga, Bebeto. Ah, Dunga. And um, Careca. And um, they were good. <laughs> A young Dunga. Short, 
Sweet to the point. I like it. <laughs> but Chile had put together some promising performances leading up to World Cup qualifying right. to, I don't know, make Brazil think twice, maybe. Yeah. Chile had finished runners-up in the 1987 Copa America, which included a 4-0 victory that knocked Brazil out of the Oof, tournament. Okay, all right, a little, little payback storyline. So here. these qualifiers are taking place in 1989. I just said the Copa America in 1987. Yes. Could you believe that that wasn't the last Copa America that was played before the World Cup qualifiers? Yes, because the Copa America always happens so randomly. It seems like there's a billion of them. There was a Copa America in 1989, the same yeah. year as qualifying was happening. That's weird. And it finished 14 days <laughs> before Brazil's first match in qualifying. Who was planning this? Come on, I don't man. know. It's a weird thing. Brazil uh, won the Copa in 1989. It was just, I don't know, it's just a weird thing that kind of struck, stuck out to me. It was kind of funny. This seems like a good idea. <laughs> what if we had them? What What if we had teams uh, play their hearts out for the uh, for the continental championship, and then we let them basically just sleep for two weeks, and then they're going to have to try to qualify for the World Cup? Great <laughs> idea. Perfect. Full. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What Bada could go bang. wrong? What could go wrong? Nothing. So each team ha- got to face the other two teams in their group twice. You had a home. Leg and an away leg, right? Which is something that you see that is a lot of today. Traditional, yeah, pretty traditional. Um, in their first games, Brazil and Chile both defeated Venezuela four nil and three one respectively. Sorry, Venezuela. I literally wrote that. Sorry, Venezuela. <laughs> like tough that's draw. That, that's that brother way. It really is. We're connecting. It is. It is sad. Um, it, it the layout of the group was so weird. Like. Venezuela played in the first two games. I don't know. That was just once again. Sad. Who was planning this I don't tournament? No, dude. It's Diego Maradona, <laughs> and he's on cocaine the entire time. Yeah, let's put him there. The next match, uh, Brazil faced Chile. Chile, 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 and it finished one-one. Okay, yeah, in tight Chile. Game. So yeah, tight game, close. Group, they're tied on points. Goal differential, Brazil is ahead by two goals. Right, okay. This is kind of important. Yes. Going forward. I'm locking it away in the old memory bank. After the game against Brazil, FIFA ruled that Chile's final home game of qualifying would be played on neutral soil due to crowd trouble. Okay. I wasn't able to find what exactly what what they actually what happened but i read it in an article and i and i heard it a commentator talked about it in a video i watched chile having to play their final home match in argentina because of this brazil chile game right so apparently the crowd was a little out of control and so that so fifa just decided you're punished go play in argentina i feel like fifa doesn't do that anymore or at least they're like reluctant for that to happen yeah yeah i don't know uh but i it's a it's an interesting interesting note as as we continue into this story uh it didn't matter much that chile got to play 
the game in in Argentina. They got to play the game in Argentina. That <laughs> they had a, to play. It was a privilege it for them a, to play in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> they had to play there, but it was against Venezuela, and so Chile spanked them five right. nil. Yeah. Oof. Sorry, Venezuela. Sorry, Venezuela. Yeah. And in the following game, Brazil smacked Venezuela again with a score of six nil. So sorry, Venezuela. Man, they are just getting battered. You I tried. Didn't, you I really tried. didn't mean for this to become uh, just. A roast of Venezuela because Venezuelans are nice people. I'm sure, people. kind people. I've, I've never, Ramsey's. I've never met a, a Venezuelan before, but my, uh, my oh Ramsey, oh yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's Venezuelan. He talks really well. He's like poetry. He, he's also know? like one of the most attractive people. He is. He is a good-looking guy. That's just like he. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> shout out to you, Ramsey Prashad. That's beside the point. Shout out to Venezuela. <laughs> You didn't do too hot this time, but way to go. You got a rough shake of things. Yeah. You got yeah. drawn into a tough group. Firm handshake, participation trophy at the end. <laughs> bon voyage. So all of this set up the final match of qualifying between Chile and Brazil in a little place we like to call Rio de Janeiro. Ooh. Mm. If Brazil won or drew the match, since they had a better goal differential they would continue their streak of qualifying for every World Cup up to that point. Right. Chile knew they had to win the match, and they had at least one player prepared to do whatever it took to make sure that they did. section of the podcast where we like to slow things down and use our sexy voices a lot of the time yeah we do yeah we do and it's been a while since we've gotten to do this yeah been a little bit since we've teed you with some vocal fry but this week we don't have any ads for you from blue wire podcasting network so we're just going to take it back to the old days when we used to just sit around chat a while read some listener reviews and update you on the things that are happening with us it feels so so good and now that you're thoroughly uncomfortable let's read a review (laughs) because we have a new one and it's from grace ott who is a big fan of the pod she's always under mentions what's up grace shouts grace thank you for leaving this review which is titled two idiots with some really and then it cuts off because um, I'm on my phone and I can't see the rest of the review title because it doesn't give me an option to actually see the rest of it. There's got to be some hack for that. Two idiots with some really great chemistry. Two idiots with some really bad takes? Two idiots with some really lengthy dental histories. Oh, I'm really glad that you said dental histories. <laughs> oh my god. Come on. I'm the worst. All right. I think we should stop playing so it this is game. Really dot 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 fill in the blank. Grace, maybe you can reveal it on Twitter later. Up to you. It doesn't really matter. This podcast delves into some of the most interesting soccer stories that I otherwise would never have even heard of. True to the description, the Snavely brothers definitely provide a very healthy dose of stupidity, the kind that makes you roll your eyes and shake your head, but you do it while laughing. (laughs) That's the important part. And of course, to reiterate what many others have said, the music slaps. 
Mm. Music slaps, baby. Slaps so heavy. Also, just to show how much I really love and support this podcast, platonically, of course, very important, I don't have anything Apple and therefore had to update and log in through my old iTunes account to leave this review. Excited to hear more stories to come and see where this podcast goes. That is super nice of you, Grace. I want to thank you, Grace, and I also want to thank your parents for buying you a screenless iPod shuffle (laughs) back in the day. That allowed you to have an iPod, yeah, 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 yeah. Li- uh, uh, an iTunes library yeah, the, the, that necessitated that you log into. The, the iTunes account. Because without them, this wouldn't be happening. This wouldn't be happening right now. Yeah. But here we are on the podcast talking about oh. the review that you left us, yes. and we really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. And that is our that is our fortieth. We have now forty ratings. Forty on Apple Podcasts, all five stars. Almost have more ratings than Tom Brady has years. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Almost. It seems like it's such an insurmountable amount. <laughs> oh, uh, man. WTFPL is WTFPL. still ongoing. Deadball Brothers Fantasy Premier League League. Uh, not much has changed. Joey's Barca Blue Jays are still holding on to that first position. For that William, Hog- <laughs> William Hoggins Christian Mingle God. is... Gaining a little bit of ground, only about uh, math real quick, 26 points behind him. But Pretty close. Joey, still in the lead. He's been in the lead for a while now. I unfortunately dropped to eighth place over the last couple of weeks because I've had two back-to-back absolutely terrible weeks. Yeah, uh, this week was the first week in a while that I've actually gone down. It was on, uh, a little unfortunate. Felt a little bit bad, but you know what? That's what happens. And it puts Pickles Lives 420 much nearer the top. Shouts out to Paul Little. I know we've talked about your name before, but I still can't get over it. <laughs> We're getting Paul all the way to the top. Because that, that name that deserves name, to be that name deserves top a 10. Win. That name deserves deserves uh, to be top tier. Top tier team. Absolutely. Shouts out to you, Paul Little, and your great team name. <laughs> but that's the update for WTFPL. WTFPL is updated. We have our listener review. As always, we still have our merch that is always just around and available. That's on our team. Teespring store. That's teespring.com slash store slash Deadball Brothers shop with hyphens between all those words. That link will be in the description below in this very, very podcast. But Drew, we have said what we need to say. And you have left me on such a cliffhanger. I need to know what happens with the rest of this story. I have some words. I've got you, some bars. Why don't, you, why don't you give me those words? All right. Welcome back from our housekeeping section. Drew, my body is ready. It's ready. I wasn't <laughs> expecting you to just stop right there. I, I was I was thinking it'd be ready for something. Yeah, nope, and it's just were, ready. It's just prepared. It's primed. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm priming I guess, the pump over here. I'm ready. I guess I'm, I'm ready. ready. I'm, I'm ready, ready for to the rest tell. of this story. I'm ready to Rio, divulge. Rio de Janeiro, Brazil versus <laughs> Chile. All, all of my engines are raring. The cycles are, <laughs> the pistons are pumping on the inside. All right, all right, all right. well, okay. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I'm a little uncomfortable now, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of listeners are too. But anyways, as I said before, we're at the final match of World Cup, quali- World Cup qualifying between Brazil and Chile in Group Three. And 
We're at the mighty Estadio Maracana for this decisive Maracana. match. Maracana. What a stadium it is. It is. One of the cathedrals of the game. Yes. It must be said. It is a beautiful, beautiful stadium in a beautiful city with beautiful people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brings a tear to my eye. So over 140,000 fans were in attendance Good to this Lord. game. I always forget that there are those there are these stories where there's that many people that could be around for the Maracanã. Yeah. It was probably before like safety regulations yeah, yeah, were yeah. like no, no, totally, really it tight. wasn't a thing. Yeah. It was just like, oh yeah, everybody get on somebody's shoulders and we'll call it even. Like easy peasy, nothing doing. Yes. These fans would soon witness something they would never forget. And hopefully we never forget this story. Especially this. not if we're immortalizing it in our soccer history <laughs> podcast. I'll tell you that much. Truth be told, after the first 45 minutes, nothing really happened. <laughs> because the score... We really built that up and then like, eh. No, at first half, nothing happened. <laughs> at halftime, it was nil-nil. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, hey, sometimes great games start off nil-nil. Sometimes it, it really be like that. It does. All you need is a moment. All you need is a spark. I feel like Al Pacino in uh, Any Given Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> One half step too short, and you don't quite catch it. Oh, the inches we need are everywhere around us. Okay. Well, that spark came soon after the half, because at the 49th minute mark, Careca. Careca, right? I'm actually, I don't know. <laughs> Careca? Sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, Does, let me let me just let me just toss it back to you because you did this to me a few couple weeks ago. Uh, you didn't reach out to mom for this yeah. pronunciation? Ooh, ooh. ooh, man. Yeah, that is that is. You could always call mom. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I did just FaceTime her though, so. In your face. Hey, was it because she thought you had a drinking problem? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Come on, man. Sidebar, Drew doesn't have a drinking problem. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Anyways, back to the story. 49th minute, Kareka had a nifty little dribble that gave him enough space to get a shot off. The Chilean and Sao Paulo goalkeeper, Roberto Rojas, oh. got a hand to it, but it wasn't enough. Yeah, I thought that was... That's, a, that's cool. an interesting like, little tie-in. Yeah. He, uh, Sao Paulo Futebol Club. Yeah. That's my first ever soccer jersey. Yeah. So anyways, Brazil was up 1-0 at this point. Chile now needed two goals to advance to the World Cup. and They needed two goals? Well, they needed to win. Oh, they needed to win. So got it, like, got it, got it. Right, right. I was thinking the goal differential. Yeah. But the, yes, the win would just see the yeah. goal. Got it. That makes yeah. sense. They could get like three or four or five goals. Like that that would probably be nice. Seven even. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Sad. Sad memories. Something truly bizarre was about to happen. About 20-ish minutes after Brazil went up, while the ball was being collected by the Chilean defense, the crowd in the Maracana goes crazy. <laughs> Wait, they just they just start cheering? They're not like cheering. It's like something something is afoot. Oh. What oh. It, what is happening? The game is afoot? The, something is afoot. Uh they they start going kind of crazy. There are lots of cheers, lots of jeers. 
I'm watch. I watched the video of it. It it is kind of it is kind of strange. The camera pans over to the Chilean goalkeeper Roberto Rojas, and he is rocking back and forth in pain with a smoking object that's oh god right next to him. Oh dear lord. And so his Chilean teammates obviously run to his aid. Right, yeah. As well as the team trainers uh-huh. to see what is happening. And after about two minutes of treatment, a few of his teammates pick him up and take Rojas straight down the tunnel. Okay. He's out. Okay. Just straight down the tunnel. Uh-huh. Uh, you could see a good amount of blood like on his jersey, good which is like Lord. definitely alarming. Yeah. Uh, you can't really see when they're down, like doing treatment. Just the angles weren't great back then. Yeah, and I, I don't know if everybody wants to see blood. Anyways, broadcasting in 1080p. Yeah, the next thing you know, the entire Chilean team is off the pitch and gone. Like they just n- left. They're they're just not there. The Brazilian players are just standing around on the pitch, and they're there for a while. They're talking with the refs. Wondering what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Nobody knows what's going on. Maybe scoring some goals for fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. After several several minutes of waiting, two men in suits walk out to the center circle. They seem to be FIFA delegates. Right. And it's clear that they're telling the referee that the game's off. And so the referee abandons the game, calls it off. Right. Because apparently Chile won't come out back onto the field because it's reported that the Chilean goalkeeper, Roberto Rojas has been hit with a flare yeah. just above the eye. I, I figured if you didn't connect that, I which, connected those which you connected that and they don't feel safe. <laughs> Imagine that <laughs> crazy how that happened. I hope you're buckled in for this ride that we're about to go on. Drew, it's the intro to the podcast. Because. I tell everybody to buckle up. It's is such a fun journey. Okay. <laughs> I'm, okay. I, I feel weird because it's clear that you haven't gotten to the interesting part yes. yet. Obviously, this looks very bad for Brazil. Right. Yeah, it's a bad look. I mean, if it is proven that a fan, a Brazilian fan. Throws the flare. Yeah. Throws the flare and hits Chile's keeper. They can get severely punished, disqualified, banned from a World Cup. Right. A couple World Cups. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I doubt that they would ban Brazil from multiple, multiple World Cups. Yeah, yeah but... pro- probably not. But, hey, we've seen FIFA do stranger things. <laughs> FIFA's definitely dumb like that. <laughs> <laughs> so the flair definitely came from a Brazilian fan section. Um, so Of course. Not great. Not a good look. Not okay. great. And and if you remember, the, Chile had already gotten punished earlier in the right, tournament yeah. for crowd antics, but nobody got hurt. Especially not any of the players. None of the players got hurt. Um, it. I didn't read anything that anybody's lives were in danger right. at any point for that. And so I'm assuming that the punishment would just be worse. Yeah. <laughs> As we say in the biz, this is a horse of a different color. <laughs> Ricardo Gomez, who is captain of the Brazilian side, told CNN in an interview, I thought immediately of losing the chance to go to the World Cup. Because that, like, that's, that's, the, that's the first thought these Brazilian players yeah. were having. Like, this is not good. Yeah, and it sucks. sucks. 
because it's a stupid fan. <laughs> Dumbass fan. That's just having too much fun. <laughs> too much fun. That is what this fan was having. <laughs> that, that is what was happening at this moment. And yeeted a flare out onto the field in the middle of a match. In the name of fun. In the name of fun. I must throw this flare <laughs> at a goalkeeper. That'll show him. And I'll have a good time. I'll laugh at your misfortune and pain. Yes. So we need to get to the bottom of what exactly happened. And we, to, in order to do that, we need to roll back the tape. Oh. Because in 1989, you literally had to roll, roll back the tape. <laughs> you were, we're talking VHS, baby. VHS, baby. <laughs> Unlike today, where cameras pick up everything from Joachim Lowe smelling his giblets <laughs> to every D-list celebrity sitting amongst tens of thousands of people, cameras didn't pick up everything. <laughs> Come on. I had to throw that in there. Romeo loves smelling his giblets. Oh, my God. <laughs> he also does that. Doesn't, doesn't he also do the thing where he picks his nose and eats the boogers? Yeah, that dude. There's been so many camera there's incidents. Like, there's like some like weird pathology things that are happening. Where it's like, please, for the love of God, do not put a camera on this guy. He's, <laughs> he's a, a freak. He's a great coach with just some very, very strange habits. <laughs> very odd likes. <laughs> So the technology back then, obviously not as good as it is today. And we don't have video of Roberto Rojas, Rojas getting hit in the face mm. with a flare. Mm-hmm. There were, however, several photographers at the game, and they might be able to help us out what figure, like, help us figure out what actually happened. We'll, we'll Scooby-Doo this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll Scooby-Doo we'll this We'll get to the bottom of this. Paulo Teixeira saw exactly what happened. Brazilian photographer. Mm -hmm. In an interview, he said, we photographers were sitting along the sidelines and saw the flare come over. I was amazed to see Rojas rolling over and bleeding from an eye as the device had hit the ground a meter from him. So we have a little contradicting evidence. Yeah. Very, very strange. Hmm. Hmm. Teixeira himself said that he missed the shot of the incident and was asking around to see if people got a photo of of what happened. Uh A lot of photographers said they missed the shot, but it just so happened that a good friend was sitting right next to him, and he said, oh, yeah, I got the shot. I got like four or five of the shot. Listen, I'm a pro. (laughs) (laughs) The The man's name was Ricardo Alfieri, not Guy Fieri. <laughs> no relations and drive-ins and world. No relation there. Dives. <laughs> Ricardo had a problem though. You see, he was working for a Japanese magazine and was supposed to send the film back to Japan to develop. To develop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Teixeira, knowing what could happen mm-hmm. if it's ruled that Brazil hit Rojas and forced the team off the field, what that could what could, that could bring to the Brazilian national team, told Alfieri, hey, I'm not letting you take this film out of my country. That <laughs> <laughs> was like a Liam Neeson moment. <laughs> he takes a gun out like, <laughs> give me the film. 
I know you have bosses. I know you have people that you report to, but this is bigger than all this of that. This is bigger than you, okay? <laughs> and it's certainly bigger than Japan. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Tashera apparently convinced Alfieri to give him the, the shots, and Tashera got in touch with the president of Brazil's football association, soccer association, Ricardo Teixeira, who, confusing name, no relation, Paulo Teixeira, Ricardo Teixeira. There's a bunch of Teixeiras. Ricardo Teixeira is the president yes. of Brazilian soccer. Paulo Teixeira, photographer. Photographer. Got it. Ricardo Alfieri, other photographer. Man. <laughs> it can get confusing, so I just wanted to clear it up. What a cluster we have here. I just wanted to clear it up. I was like, man, these names could not be more confusing. <laughs> Um, they sent the film to a lab to be developed and what came back was exactly what they were looking for. You see the image shows the flare clearly landing a few feet from where Roberto Rojas was standing. Yes. And it appears we have a hooks on our hands. We've been duped, hoodwinked. And we just let the Chilean team do this. But... We need more evidence. Yeah. So the next day, the photos were running all over the news, and Teixeira flew to Switzerland to show FIFA himself <laughs> what had really happened. So this is the president. The Teixeira. president, not, yeah. the photographer. not the photographer. The photographer has gone full Batman He's mode. Like, <laughs> like, you know what? I'm flying to Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a photo showing the flare hit the ground close to the keeper, Really close. Doesn't hit him, though. But it doesn't appear to have touched him. Why and how is there so much blood? Yeah. Well, medical examiners found that Rojas's wound didn't have any burns around it and that it appeared to be a clean cut. Huh. Which is a little strange. Imagine that. Because I've never been hit in the head with a flare before. I've been hit in the head with a golf club before. I have, and that was not fun, and you did that to me, and I will never forget that, and I will never forgive you. No, I forget, I forget me. Thanks, bro. Life's too short to hold grudges. No, I've never been hit in the head with a flare before, but I think that it wouldn't be a clean cut. One would imagine. There would be some burns, maybe. Yeah. You know, because it's like thousands of degrees. And it'd probably be more like a bruise and a ugly looking cut and yeah. like a little incision yeah so it was becoming pretty clear that this whole incident had kind of been formulated mm-hmm. on the fly yeah rojas himself after questioning came forward and said he cut himself with a razor blade that was in one of his gloves by he order had- of the peaking yeah, I was gonna fucking say. <laughs> blindness. He had a razor blade in his glove? I know. What? Like he's like, Tommy Shelby? Yeah. Who Who puts a razor blade in their glove? That sounds like, like a what? terrible idea. I was you like, accidentally cut your wrist in the middle of the game? I was up late last night reading this story and like writing on it, working on it. And I was just brainstorming. I was trying to think of ways or reasons why he would have a razor blade up his glove. And I was thinking maybe he was expecting something to be thrown at him and... Like this is this was the whole plan. Yeah, it was like we're just gonna pretend. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, if it was a bottle instead of yeah, a flare yeah, or something, it would have been a little more believable. Well, it's not. 
<laughs> well, it's not. And it wasn't. <laughs> Screw you guys. Rojas said that Chilean manager Orlando Aravena told him and the team doctor to make it look like something had happened to him. So they like had radios and they said, make it look like he's hurt, essentially. And that's exactly what they did. Hoping at best that Brazil would be disqualified or at worst they would just get a replay of the match. Right. I, it checks out. It definitely goes against the spirit of the game. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> also, like, if I was in that locker room, how does that make me feel? Or that, like, the coach was like, uh, um, we're only down one goal, uh, so... Uh, Let's cheat. <laughs> and it's the 67th minute. Because we're definitely, because our team's not good enough to score another couple goals. It's the 67th I'd minute. I'd be kind of pissed if I was with players. You like, had, come on, coach. You had well over 20 minutes to find an equalizer and a game-winning goal. but Far far stranger things have happened, and two goals have been scored in far less time than half an hour. The pressure was on. Time was running out. Yeah. Chile was desperate to get to the World Cup. And those three things combined was enough for the coach to to fabricate something with the goalkeeper and the team doctor to make this huge lie. I feel like I'm in Knives Out. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about seizing an opportunity. A little murder mystery on my hands. A funny thing. Happened it's on just the way to the forum. Sorry. <laughs> a funny thing, which is just a side note, is the the replay, the highlights of the of the game that I was watching, they were English commentators. And when Rojas went down, the one English manager said, Oh, of course the Chileans will make a meal of this. <laughs> and it's like, all right, man. <laughs> This dude might have just gotten hit in the head with a <laughs> yeah. with a flare. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw, oh, yeah, typical Chileans. Oh That's an Australian accent. It, it is. It is. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, gosh. Donate to, to Australia. Just had to sneak that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a laughing matter. No, it's not a laughing matter. It's very serious. Anyways, I'm sorry. I really just brought us down a lot. <laughs> yeah. That was levels. Yeah, it really was. Um, so... Yeah, Chile, they played the cards that they were dealt and maybe cheated a little bit. Oh, they definitely cheated a lot (laughs) then, my friend. FIFA eventually ruled that the game would be a 2-0 victory for Brazil. Yeah, because screw you, Chile. Because Chile abandoned the match. They didn't... Chile didn't face any sanctions against FIFA for this whole... Ordeal Debacle. like the uh, the line, the fabrication of the, the yeah, cut. I trying mean, every, to get another team disqualified yeah. by faking no, like, that their fans had. That wasn't why they were punished. They were punished because they abandoned the match, because they walked off the field. Right, that right, was right. the ruling that FIFA gave. It's just so weird. That's that's typical FIFA bullshit, though. Like, yeah. like FIFA's like, uh, how Very can political. We, how can we make this blow over and like not make not everybody mad at us at the same time? FIFA, however, placed... Very tough sanctions on Rojas, and he was banned from soccer for life. Ooh, ooh. yeah, wow, yeah. Okay. So that's not great. Um, there was there were some smaller punishments handed out, um, but again, it's all related to 
them just abandoning the pitch. Rojas is the only one who is punished yeah. for the actually doing it for actually doing it. So Chile was was barred from the 1994 World Cup qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, their federation president, their manager, team doctor, and the team captain all received punishments, but none were even close to. So Roberto so, Rojas. so they said like oh like this they they lose two nothing for abandoning the match but the individual punishments were clearly because they tried to fake this this incident yeah yeah also it makes me wonder who the mystery flare thrower was well, was that a real brazilian fan or was that a, a chilean plant it's actually not a, a mystery flare oh, thrower okay. thrower they they found out who who did it and it's just some brazilian woman who did it just uh, having too much fun and she would like later she became famous, like from this whole ordeal. Uh, okay, she was like appeared on some TV shows, and I think she did a shoot with Playboy. Oh, yeah. Well, so well, you know, capitalize. Hey, yeah, get your fifty minutes fame in there. <laughs> yeah. So I I forget her name. Uh, I didn't write it down, but I was kind of mad at her for throwing the flare on the pitch yeah. to begin with. <laughs> so I didn't really want the story to be about her. Fair enough. I didn't even want to talk about it, really, but well, you I'm, made me do it. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so, um, he, he was 32 years old, Roberto Rojas, when he was when he was banned from playing professional soccer. But the ban got lifted in 2001. But at that point, he was an old man in the terms of uh, soccer, being a professional athlete. He's in his 50s. Right. He's not going to make a comeback or anything like that. He was, however, the head coach for Sao Paulo in 2013. His brief stint helped the team qualify for the Copa Libertadores. 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 Man, Uh, we are struggling today. (laughs) Libertadores. Roberto Rojas is actually respected amongst the Brazilian community and still lives in Sao Paulo to this day. Huh. Which is pretty cool and unique. Is it like, was it a bunch of it like he fessed up to it? Yeah. Uh, Brazilian fans and teams and player, the, the team and players individually uh, respected him for just coming out and being truthful after it was pretty clear that he after was... having he, a serious lapse in judgment. <laughs> um, and he was already, a, he was a well-respected goalkeeper right. going into the tournament he was and already he played in Brazil. He was already playing in Brazil. And so since Brazil eventually got to advance to the World Cup, I think it made it a lot easier for the fans to forgive him. If Brazil didn't make the World Cup because of this. Yeah, he would not. Be, no. He was he he's not coming back to He the could not be living in Brazil. Ever again. No, definitely. If not. he coached Sao Paulo in 2013, that means he was with the dude Rogério Senni. Maybe. Yeah. The no, kick, uh, kick goalie no, 2003. Still no. might have been with the Denver Jurios. <laughs> that guy's career lasted forever, dude. Probably was. So, yeah, that's the, the story of the Chilean team trying to disqualify Brazil from World Cup qualifiers. That really did have a lot of twists and turns in it. Yeah, it just kept on throwing me for a loop. It was pretty I, wild. I, I heavily appreciate that one. Yeah. And we hope yeah. that you appreciate that story as well, listeners who are here for the weird soccer history stories. Yes. That definitely qualifies. It's been a little bit, I feel, since we've done just like a... 
I hope that you guys can't hear those dogs barking. <laughs> that dog just went crazy right at the end of this <laughs> podcast. Like, Stop talking about soccer. Um, we better get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 it's, well, it's, these are, it's a good time to wrap it up. It's a good up, time probably. to wrap this up. Yeah. As always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Um, if you want to drop us a rating or a review, it would be super appreciated. As always, you can follow us on all of our social media at DeadballPod everywhere. You can also fire follow, not fire. You can also follow Blue Wire Podcasts at, at Blue Wire, um, Blue Wire Pods. And um, yeah, that's all we have for you today. Uh, So, as always, thank you, Drew. Thank you, listeners. Uh, We love you so much, platonically, always. And we will catch you guys in a week.